and welcome to the 10th episode of the What Now podcast. This one is with Dylan McKee. And the reason I'm starting it like this is the very beginning was just missed. So the first thing I asked him was how would he describe himself? And that's all it was missed. So Dylan, how would you describe yourself? I'm Well, first off, thank you for having me <laughs> come on. How would I describe myself? I, I, I'm just a worker <laughs> I just like I, I do anything mate that's the thing but if I was describe myself in like maybe four words geez that's hard that's hard. tough this is, this start as you mean to go on speak this will. already <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we can edit, we can um, edit. do you know what no look I'm I'm just one of these people that does what I love you know and if it's within the gym environment I'll do it uh if it's in radio, I'll do it. And if it's in entertainment or DJ, I'll do it because I just do what I love. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, lucky. Yeah, that, that, Maybe, yeah. Yes, lucky. Yeah. I get, I've been able to be a full time DJ for what, seven, eight years now. So, yeah, lucky. That's a good, that's a good way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I want to go back to the start, right? So, how did you yeah. get into all this DJ and radioing type stuff? Uh, man, I started in the hospital. And do you know what's so weird? Hospital radio in Northern Ireland doesn't exist anymore. Oh, really? So it doesn't. No, the the funding was cut. So yeah, I started in hospital radio, but before that, uh, if we go back a wee bit further, I used to listen to music on my phone in my bedroom, and then as the song was coming to an end, I used to do a link, and then talk mm-hmm. in the next song. That's just how I got started. I was like, I really want to do that, but it was we were on a family trip one time to Port Rush, right? And my stepdad he had turned around and goes. Oh, Dylan, you could do that. And I think Snodden or someone was on the radio at the time. And I was like, do what? He's like, you could be on the radio. And I was like, but, but why? He says, because you don't shut up and you'd be brilliant because that would be the only way I could turn you off. And I was like, geez, that's good. I want to try this. So since that family trip to Port Rush, I've always had radio in my head. It's been like, I want to do it. I want to be on the radio. I want to do it. So I've always worked towards it, worked towards it. And the, the road and the path that I've had to get to radio um, has been long, tiring, yeah. hard. Uh, it's just been nuts, but it's been fun, you know? When was hospital radio? How long ago was that? Sure. I was like 16 at the time. 16. I'm 23 now. So they cut the funding for hospital radio. So they did. Uh, and I was like, geez, where am I going to go now? And at that stage, I was only like maybe 17 or something. So. I wasn't allowed to go on to community radio because I wasn't 18. Mm-hmm. So I was like, geez, how am I going to do this now? So with the way technology was going back then, I was able to start an internet radio station. So I did. Oh, so okay. what was I started called? an internet. Uh, it was called Play, Play Radio. Was it just you? Literally, it was me and a couple of couple of my mates done a couple of other shows and allowed other people to come in and give it a shot and all that there. I managed to get a space for a studio. So it was like, come and go as you please. But like, I mean, it was great uh, as a learning platform, if anything. And you know what? We had listeners. This was the weird thing. We, we actually had listeners. Did you have listeners so who we weren't did. your mates? Genuinely, yes. There were people <laughs> listening in like Afghanistan and all that weird shit. And I was like, what? Hi. We have listeners. <laughs> I, it was all because it was internet. So like, I mean, the, the, the radio garden app and all that. Pick wherever you want to listen to and just fly into it, you know? So did you interview any big guests when you were on it? Yeah, do you know what? It was weird because this is where this is where I first started like interviewing folk. 
So mm-hmm. I had uh, sort of emailing around different like press companies being like, look, I've got a radio show. Would you like your your uh, client to come on with me and have a chat? If, I, I, do you know what? I met John Gibbons for the first time doing an interview on my drive time show there. And see, since that day, me and John Gibbons have been, been I, we would text each other now and again. And, and when he was last in Belfast, I met up with him. And do you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to say friendship because maybe it's not what he sees. But in my in my opinion, we. Do you know what? We we get on. So we do. And um, I was down in Dublin. I was doing a show down there, and uh, he he came up, and we we met up and had a wee chat. You know. So I, I've I've built a lot of relationships before I even got on to FM radio. That's such a big thing. So like you just create your opportunities. You don't yes. even need to just. You, if everybody's passing you, you just made your radio station. That's insane. Literally, literally, Could, I, I, there was nothing there for me at the time. So I was like, how am I going to do this? Build. Just build. How, manifest. You still do that. Manifest. Can you make one right now if you wanted to? Yeah. Yeah. You can. Like, mate, it's ba- it was basically Twitch. It ran on a platform called Spreaker. Now, a lot of people use that platform now to upload podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's weird. Weird the way it works. Now, what's happening? Because you used to be on Blast 106 and 2 FM. And I miss you, yes. Dylan. I'll be honest, I miss you. What's happening? <laughs> Are you going to go back in the video anytime soon? Uh, do you know what? I, I knew this question was coming. So yeah. I, did, and I, <laughs> I was like, hmm, what way shall I answer that? Do you know what? Yes, I, I, I want to get back on the radio. I'm just waiting for the right time. You know, okay. I, I, chose, I chose to come off radio last year, maybe September, October time last year. Just I wanted a break. You know, yeah. I spent the whole of COVID being on the radio. That was my safe space. That was that was the place where I was able to to, to just be me, you know, yeah. and then everything started opening up again. And I was like, right, I'm just going to take a bit of time. And that mm-hmm. time's that time's still going, you know, but I'm still back to work and I'm still DJing and doing other bits and bobs. I've got some new stuff coming out soon and a lot of charity work and all that there. So, yeah, to say long story short, I will come back to radio. When mm-hmm. I don't know, just when the time's right. I I, I remember uh, I remember when lockdown started. I was still a juice at the time. Uh, lockdown started and the station closed, and we were all working from home. So I was like, I don't even have anything to do to, to do a radio show at home. So I was like, right, I'm gonna put my time, my effort, my money into building a place for myself in the house. So I managed to because I live by myself, had a spare room, and I was like, right, I'm just gonna build a studio in my spare room. So I've got everything. So like I literally have a fully functioned studio in the house uh, to do radio. And I, I done that because now I've got a lot more work because I can work from home. Yeah. But no radio. I still love radio. I love radio to pieces, you know, but there, there's got to be a time where you say, right, let's take some time. You know, you can't, you can't be the entertainer for everyone all the time. You've got to be able to, to, to work that and be like, right, I'm going to take a wee bit of time now. The, the more time and space you have, the more creative, more ideas will come to you, I think. Yeah. See, see, since I've come off radio, my notes on my phone have been filling and filling and filling for just yes. new ideas and new, new things. So whenever time is right and I go back to radio, it'll be, bam, I've got so much ideas, so you know much. The really uh, stressful thing for me was I had nothing to do all of lockdown. And then the day that I got offered Blast 106 was the same day I got offered a full-time job. 
And I was like, <laughs> it would have been so perfect for lockdown. Like I had so yeah. many ideas, but I absolutely love it. It's, it's so much fun. Do you know what? Don't I always say, like, I mean, with, with radio, um, just what you would want to hear on the radio. You've got yeah. that power now to be able to manifest the days where you spent listening to the radio and were like, oh, I would love to hear someone do this, that, and the other. It's your turn now to do that, you know? But like, yeah, no, I know. I, I still, yeah, as I say, I love radio. Like, I mean, I love radio. And you, I can't wait to get back to it. But at the end of the day, just when the time's right. Do you remember who you first were listening to? What got you into it? Do you have like a, a favorite presenter that maybe made you think, I want to do radio? Do you know what? I've, since I was, I'm a real radio nerd. So mm-hmm. I am. I've been listening to radio for ages. And I'm one of these people. A lot of people listen to radio for the music. And when the presenter starts talking, they flick the stations. I listen to radio for the presenter. And when the music comes on, I flick the stations. So I do. And I remember Chris Moyles. He That's, made it really easy for me to be able to be like, I can just go on the radio and talk so much nonsense and maybe play three or four songs in three hours. I'm going to be fine about it. Oh, how the tables turned whenever I started on radio. It's like, I can't get away with talking for three, for two and a half hours and playing three songs and i remember sitting in my room watching his last show so i did and you know what i did have a wee tear in my eye because i was like this is quite it's quite sad now i've got to go find someone and then then i was like shit this guy greg james is pretty good so i started listening to greg and then scott mills i'm, I'm a big radio one nerd so i yeah. am i love listening to radio one i, th- I think it's very personal so it is, they, they allow you to come in. They allow time for you to get to know the presenter and the presenter allows time to get to know the listener. And I think radio should be like that best friend. You should be able to just flick radio on and be like, ah, I can take 15 minutes now, just listen to this. Yeah. Uh, or someone comes on. Like, I mean, I've, I've laughed, I've cried, and um, I've nearly wept myself listening and presenting radio that this is the way radio should be you should be able mm-hmm. it should be your best friend where you should be like oh i'm really sorry to hear that blah 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 so you have a week earned together you know and i've cried on air before so i have uh i've laughed on air and uh i've had people come on to my show and we've laughed and cried and all that there together you know it's all about building that personality and i i love giving listeners time so i do now, I, I can get laughing, but I struggle to see crying. Like, what would you remember a link that you maybe were doing that made you upset? Like, that's I unusual. Think, I, yeah, no, I think it was, there was a time where we, where we had a lot of suicides in one week. So we did. And it was just off the back of me returning to work after being out for a while due to my mental health. And I'd returned um, and there was a few people that I'd known that had been touched, touched by suicide. And I yeah. opened the microphone and I, and I just turned around and I was like, look, I'm not going to lie. I've just heard the worst news possible. So I have, and it is crazy. And I went, I spoke for about a minute and a half about keeping yourself safe. Uh, and then I was like, I'm, ju- this is, it was probably my fourth, fourth show back after being away for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you need, you need to just look after yourself. And at that stage, it clicked with me. I was given everyone else advice, but I needed to listen to my own advice. Yeah. So at that stage, I was like, we can't lose any more people. We yeah. need to stick together. 
and then that's when the waterworks come on and it was the most it was the most heartfelt moment I've ever had with radio and I got messages uh, and a phone call and stuff after that link from people being like that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life and I was like look I'm real I'll talk about real things and I'll risk I'll risk my my career to talk about real things because people listen to radio and if you are that presenter that is real they'll listen to you and not just the music yeah you yeah get me um i'm assuming so that none I've, of that was prepared you just went no you just no you just went no i've 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 this thing where whenever i go in i always used to go into the station or used to come into the studio about half an hour before right and i used to have this bit of paper right and it used to be five boxes along the top three boxes along the side right and it was r1 r2 r3 link mm-hmm. one link two link three or i and five links to r basically right yeah and in each of those boxes was was a highlight of what i was going to talk about so first link of the r it was like your welcome link hiya watch things it's still in here right through and blah 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 and then second link third link so all my links are sort of somewhat planned mm-hmm. so they are i don't plan them word for word because i'm not one of these people that can read see if see if I read off a script, you know why I'm reading off a script. Yeah. Same. Because my dyslexia absolutely cripples me if mm-hmm. I have to read words of a page. See, when I'm doing voiceovers, it's horrendous. I have to sit and look at the script and then I'll learn the script yeah. for about two days. And then I'll go in and be like, ha, huh, welcome to Spar. And I'm like, All right, okay, <laughs> we've got better. Uh, chicken curry, only $5.99 at Spar. <laughs> and I'm like, that's better. So, but, um, I I'd pre- I would prep a lot of my stuff beforehand, but I would mm-hmm. ne- nine times out of ten, I would stick to it. There was th- there's always that one one time that something happens and you'd be like, right, screw that. I'll move that to somewhere else in the hour. I'll find somewhere else for that to go. This needs to happen now. And because I was on a platform of Juice where they had a young audience, so a lot of the young audience knew where I was coming from and got everything but then they had an older audience too which also understood my humor and understood the way i got on i with radio i'm cheap I, I could be quite cheeky witty and all that there you know but i think it's it's all within the personality but as you say uh, i don't even know what the question was but i think of what <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> either i think you answered it though no that's amazing yeah that's amazing you said about the suicide thing that documentary you have is is really really good really powerful and the great thing about it is whenever i was watching it it's so obvious that you're trying to show it for someone who's watching like for someone who may be struggling you keep bringing it back to if someone's watching what would you do to help or what would you look out for and the way you saw the you know you saw the five or six whatever it was people who were in your life and see saw how they were affected and the one thing I, i just saw the end of it you know just there watched it again the cave hill thing i didn't know that no idea yeah uh, i remember i remember i went up for a walk up cave hill now I, I was i i used to be really scared of the dark but see when my mental health deteriorated i used to love walking in the dark yeah so i did because it was it was like it symbolized darkness for me so i could just hide and i remember asking my mate that do you want to go for a walk up cave hill and mm-hmm. his reply his reply to me was dylan it's half three in the morning what is going on? And I was like, I just, you know what? I'm bored in the house. I've been in the house all day. I want to go for a walk. So I'll get on to how the documentary worked in a minute because there's a big story behind that. 
so we went up Cave Hill. He, he reluctantly came with me. We went up Cave Hill and we went for a walk. We got to the top of Cave Hill and we must have sat for an hour, right? And he was, he was a really good mate of mine. So literally, we sat for an hour. We didn't talk to each other. We just sat and watched Belfast and then we watched the stars. I mean, as much as I would love to stay, go and try it. Also, it's quite dangerous to go up Cave Hill at night when it's yeah. pitch black because there's no yeah. streetlights or anything yeah. like that there. But it is the most beautiful thing ever. It's that look over Belfast that you're like, I love this city. No matter what has happened in this city, I fucking love this place. I no, generally love it. I actually have a similar story. I had a really bad night out and got really drunk. I think there was a girl I liked or something. It didn't go well. Did, did you and walk into her room naked or? No, that's no, no, no. It's a different one. There's loads of, loads of shit show relationship stories for me, honestly. No, no. What happened was I, uh, so I was up like half, like two hours lying in bed wide awake after it happened. And then I got a taxi to the bottom of a hill, similar to Cave Hill. It's probably a bit bigger in the middle of winter. And I walked up the top as well by myself, yeah. completely dangerous. So like, and, and like I would walk at night as well when I'm struggling, like I totally get it. You won't bump into anyone. I think that's a big thing of it. You just yeah. you got you, you got your thoughts. Totally get it. Totally get it's, it. See, the one thing that I've done through my recovery is really build a relationship with myself. So mm-hmm. I have built this relationship and learned to love myself again, you know, um, and learned to actually like who I am. But see nighttime walks. They are something else. They are generally the most pacifying thing you'll ever do in your life. Also quite dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But very extremely pacifying. Like me and Brian. Brian's the dog, by the way, for anyone that's yeah, yeah, yeah. not sure who I'm talking I about. I could have a full-scale conversation with, about Brian and people would be like, all right, Brian, you're mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got four legs and a tail. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, me and him go out all the time at night, right? And you know, it kills three birds with one stone. I get my steps in, dog gets walked, and I have some sort of self-care and time to just meditate and think about things and think about how I'm gonna progress things. And it's it's one of these things where I love walking in the dark, you know, it's it's just beautiful. So it is to me anyway. So you said something about the documentary. Was there a story behind it? Yeah. So there's a story behind this documentary. I was going through the recovery. And once I'd recovered, I was like, I want, I want to know what I was like when I took the overdose and the few days after and the weeks and the months after. I, I just want to, because that was, that's all a blur to me. I mm-hmm. don't really remember all of that. So I had sat with my mate. So I had, and I was like, I've got an idea. It's going to sound insane, but I've got an idea. He's like, right, what's this? this? I actually want to go and ask all my family what I was like during all my, or during my suicide attempt and the weeks and months after. It's going to be a touchy subject. How do I go about it? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, right. So I took over maybe a three or four weeks to think about it and how I was going to do it and I went back to him I was like remember I was sending you about asking my family all those questions he's like yeah I says I want to record I want to record it I want to make a documentary out of it he's like really yes yeah one I'm learning I'm progressing in my career it builds a portfolio for me two I'm learning also what I was like as a person and three 
I have that intimate conversation with family members that I probably would never have had. Mm-hmm. So we, we done that there. I had uh, went and spoke to mom. So I had and said to her, look, this is what I'm going to do. I would love for you to feature. And it must have took me about three weeks to convince her. It's very, it took her a long time to, to come around to the idea of coming on camera and, and talking about it and me asking yeah. questions. But she done it, and you know what? She was she was amazing for it. And then whenever she uh, whenever she watched the finished product in the Strand Cinema, she was like, oh, "That's crazy, that's crazy." We I booked out the whole cinema to show it to the family. I didn't <laughs> yeah, no, we that. booked out the whole cinema. So it took. Do you know what? From from my first thought, it took about a year and a half to put together. It was amazing to have my mates involved in the project. So it was just made it a lot easier to do because yes it was going through one of the most horrific times in my life to have that sort of friendship helping you through that was just was just incredible so it was another thing that i thought she whenever i was watching it was it lauren your mate lauren that was in australia yeah yeah she was saying still out there still there yeah no she was saying she wanted to help you because she knew that you would help her and then that just made me think of how we met so i was in in the radio for ages and I sent, yeah. I was like, I got to the point, no one was responding to my emails, wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah. I, I sent out a big, long message to loads and loads of people. And some people did get back, but you were the most helpful. See the, way, helped- see, the way I've been, see the way I've been brought up. I help people because that was the same position I was in and I didn't get help. So now I've got, I'm in that position where I could help people with things that I never got help with. And being able to help you and now seeing you on blast where I started, it's mm-hmm. it, it's brilliant and you know what you're doing really well so you are um and do you know what aim aim for the biggest thing possible and yeah. just work towards it aim for the biggest and do you know what don't be afraid to take time too that's what i always say don't be afraid to take time and don't be afraid to take a risk yeah and the, the other thing i wanted to ask you was you have your own podcast i've listened yeah, to it. it's so great I've, 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 I've a couple uh of podcasts so i do uh working with a few people to produce a new podcast that's coming out very soon can you say what it's called no i'm not allowed to say very much about it but all all i can say to you is it's all about life you know um so it's all about life (laughs) right that could be anything (laughs) literally it's all about life and if you know me if you know me you'll 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 understand what it is going to be the last podcast that I done was Don't Tell Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, is that coming I'm, back? I will bring it back. I just need to get the time. There's so much working in the background. It's like, I need to get the time. I need to get the guests. And yeah, yeah. Um, but the new podcast is, it's, it's about life. It's about real life experiences. Okay. Um, that narrows so it is, down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? See, 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 just being able to sit in the studio. Like, this is the first time. I've sat in the studio and had a conversation that's being recorded. And you know what? It's so good to get back to it, you know, because mm-hmm. the last few weeks have been in planning stages about the podcast. Uh, and we started recording a couple of episodes so far. Uh, we're hoping to launch it sort of March time. Oh, roughly, soon. we need okay. to try and get a few, few episodes up and up in the bag in the first. Yeah. Uh, so then we can. So that's consistent every week. Definitely. And you've got a team helping you as well. So it's not just you on yeah. it. 
there's there's a couple of guys behind it and they're helping me with it so they are because i surprisingly i already work seven days a week between the ice bowl at the weekends i'm actually in the ice bowl tonight so <laughs> so yeah no i work seven days a week and then i've never actually said this right and this is this is this is the first i've ever said this i've actually got a normal day job man i've got a Do normal you? day job i've got i got a got a job during the day that i go to <laughs> i don't necessarily do much but i go right. to it you know no i'm a support worker so i work oh, with young right, people okay. um, um so i do and then recently there i just got my ocn in youth work and uh that's another avenue i can go down you know um, see see since see since i come off the radio i've said to myself i'm gonna use this time wise so i went mm-hmm. and I went and got things that I was always told I wouldn't be able to get. You know, I left school with no GCSEs. Mm-hmm. So I did. And already I've achieved a lot that my teachers had said I would oh. never have achieved. See whenever I see those teachers now, because I've got a face you can't forget. In the clubs? <laughs> <laughs> I see those teachers. I have actually seen a few have teachers you? that are in nightclubs, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh. Uh, Weird. <laughs> um, and I see those they're asking me how things are and I'm expelling them and do you know what one of my teachers turned around and goes Dylan I'm sorry and I'm like what are, you, what are you saying sorry I didn't believe that you would get this far mm. and I was like with life or with work she says you, would nev- you were never academically strong in school and do you know what I hold my hands up I was never academic I'm still not academic but I, I have a firm, firm belief that if you want something and you work hard enough you'll get it you know, and that's that, that's what I've always put myself forward to do. And whenever I, I would go back to my old secondary school and chat to the young people now and again and go around all the other schools and give mental health talks, give careers talks and all that there to the young people. And I always say to them, look, as, as the famous line from Buzz Lightyear says, reach for the stars. Do you know why Weatherspoons is called Weatherspoons? No. So the guy who start, set it up, the CEO or whatever, he had a teacher called Mr. Weatherspoon who always told him he would never amount to anything. So despite him, he called his amazing yeah. company, whether, whether it's amazing or not, but he just despite yeah. his teacher, he called it Weatherspoons. I think that's amazing. So, that is, you know what, that's <laughs> yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Wow. But yeah, yeah, no, I know. So part of this What Now podcast is times in your life when you might be in strange situations now straight out of school did you did you have any strange like rubbish jobs or like weird shifts you may have had i I give you a laugh i give you a laugh Uh, i left school and i worked in farms for for the bulk of maybe four years i I worked on a dairy farm yeah oh Um, okay and then i worked in uh, my stepdad's uh, mobile shop okay he had built a shop in the back of a lorry so he had, uh, and I used to go out and work with him. Okay. And then I went to tech. Mm-hmm. My, my, my stepdad passed away. So I was like, right, shit, I've got to go and do something now. I'm, he's not going to be paying me. And I, I need something. Oh, hi, Brian. I need something to do. I need money. So I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to go and get a job in a shop. I la- mate, long story short, I lasted two days. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I no generally way. couldn't do it. I was forever being shouted at because I went, would stand and talk to the customers and not stop the shelves. And then 
and then me being me, I lifted my phone out of the pocket. My manager thought I was texting, so she'd give me a disciplinary. I mean, I was writing down what I needed to fill the shelves with on my phone. <laughs> sure you were. <laughs> I literally was. Like, I mean, I was like, four tins of beans, uh, sweet corn, you know, stocking the shelves, writing it all down. She never gave me a pen or paper. So I lasted two days uh, in the co-op. So, I did. so what you're saying is it's her fault you're rubbish at your job. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course, yeah, someone yeah. else's fault, mate. It's of never course. <laughs> of course. So I think yeah. it, within, within work and Everyone says radio and DJ is on a normal job. It's a job. It's, it's different. And you know what? I've put my hands up to people who work in retail. It is. It's, it's hard. But I only lasted two days in, working in retail. And I was like, screw this. I need to go and do something. So that's when I really pushed DJ. I was like, yeah. I, need to, I need to just go and go for it. Um, and I did. I went for it. And nine years later, I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, nine years, flip me. Nine years, mate. Yeah, nine years. If you could change one thing about society, what would it be? <laughs> How long have you got? No, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about mental health, and I would that the one thing that I would change is a lot more help being given, and a lot more awareness being raised, and a lot more, a lot more money being put into the pot. Yeah, so it, it is. It because... is definitely ignored with coronavirus. Like the yeah. impact that it's having is definitely ignored. Definitely. And I would also bring a law in that drunk people aren't allowed to talk to the DJ for any more than 10 seconds. <laughs> What's your most requested sub? <laughs> oh, mate, don't start. I was asked this last night. It's Cardi B and WAP at the minute, right? Mm, it's, still? Uh, it's the most horrendous song ever. Mm. And do you know what I find hilarious, right? Um, I was asked to play it in, <laughs> in the ice bowl by oh, this young kid. This, this, this child mate, came Oof. up to me and says to me, can you play my favorite song? I was like, what's your favorite song? She goes, Cardi B WAP. Oh, Jesus. Like, Holy good God. Mm. Do you know what that song's about? Mm. And she was like, yeah, it's brilliant. And I was like, mm. Jesus Christ. So I played it anyway. And then my brother is studying to be a primary school teacher. Right. He was telling me that uh, about, do you ever hear of the group uh, called Kids Bop? It rings a bell. Right, they do child-friendly songs, right? So they cover right. songs. It's hilarious, mate. So they've got a version of WAP, right? Right, and, okay. And this, it doesn't stand for the original. It stands for Wings and Pizza. Right. It's nice. just weird, mate. It's weird. So uh, I played at the Ice Bowl and I uh, got a lot, I got, got a great load of feedback saying that's different and weird. Yeah, Wings so, and so Pizza. So they, like, they dub over it the exact same tune. They just change the words? They change the words to make them more friendly. Mate, you will have a feed day. Go and listen to Kids Sounds Bop. Sounds terrible. Right? <laughs> Go and listen okay. to Kids Bop. Okay. It is the best thing ever. Okay. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of the mental health type stuff, a big thing you said when you were doing it was like, you did the normal thing that everyone does before they go to sleep, which is true. Scroll uh-huh. through your social media. Yeah. Which is it's terrible. And I actually do this thing, especially over lockdown, whenever I was struggling to get to sleep. I would, if it was 2 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that, I would post some stupid meme yep. just to see other people looking at it. And I was, I was thinking all those people looking at it at 3 a.m., they're obviously having a shit time just on social media and not able to yeah. sleep as well. Like, yeah. social media is not great. Like, it's definitely not. There's benefits, but... Social know. media is good in some ways, but it also is very, very dangerous. So yeah. it is 
the way the way I've done things now, and it's it's incredible. And I urge anyone to give this a try. I've got an iPhone, so I do, and they've got different modes now. You can put your phone on different modes. Mm-hmm. Um, they still haven't brought a drunk mode, which I think would be very beneficial. <laughs> um, but sleep mode, right? Sleep yeah. mode is fabulous uh, in a way that I you go in, you set it all up. So when I when sleep mode, it'll automatically come on on my phone. And I've got it coming on and I can't stop it from coming on and I can't turn it off mm-hmm. because it comes on maybe 12 o'clock at night uh, when I'm off. And the, okay. only people, the only people that can reach me when sleep mode is turned on is my mom, all my brothers, mm-hmm. and my best mate. Facebook, so- Messenger, Snapchat, Instagram, all no notifications get sent to me. From 12 o'clock at night until 7 a.m. the next morning. Okay. That's probably better than my version. I put my phone on flight mode because I don't want it to ring, but that's probably quite bad. I've only got that. I've only got them set. They can get free. They're, they're all my next to kins, and if something happens during the night, um, I don't want to be the last person to know, or I, I want to be able to help if, if they need help during the night. Like there was a w- night there, my younger brother was stuck in Belfast because he couldn't get a lift home, and mm-hmm. my sleep mode was on. And he was able to get through to me. Yeah. So he was, and I was able to go and get him. But I recommend, and I've said this to a lot of young people when I go out and give the talks, see an hour before you go to bed. Don't touch your phone. Yeah, it's tough though. Everything that's on your phone will be there the next morning. Yeah. And my best mate gave me good advice. So he did. He says, if, if someone really needs you, they're not going to comment under a Facebook status that they need you, or they're not going to, they're not going to, message you on messenger or snapchat they're going to text you mm-hmm. if they really need you because they're they're those people that you've got in your life and you more than likely have each other's phone number if i see you on social media after 12 i'll be giving you abuse better stick to it <laughs> no, just that out there that uh yeah. facebook messenger will always show that i'm online <laughs> <laughs> no but like i mean i do I, I, one thing i've really really clamped down on is on is my sleeping pattern because I'm out at the weekends two, three, four in the morning and traveling home and DJing a lot there. So my days off or my nights off that I'm not out DJing, I like to have a sturdy sleeping pattern that my body can rely on because obviously with training and stuff, uh, that's my recovery. That's how yeah. I'm, that's how I'm recovering from uh, gym workouts and stuff like that. There, so I need to make sure that I'm sleeping too. How did you get into the powerlifting type stuff? Mate, this is bonkers. <laughs> this is the most bonkers story ever, right? Right. <laughs> so my mate, at, my mate, uh, well, I'm going to say mate, but everyone will think I'm still talking about the one person. I've got loads of, loads of mates, mm. but really, really little friends. Mm. So I did, Same. So my, my, my best mate, who is a personal trainer, and I met him through a charity function i was djing at his spin class okay so i was and see since that day we've been best mates ever he's my coach and he pushes me but there was one day he phoned me randomly he goes oh hi dylan uh, i'm just finishing work early today do you fancy going and grabbing a coffee or maybe going to the gym and i was like the gym is <laughs> <laughs> jim working mcdonald's or something we're going to see him <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and he was like no 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 i think i, I want to try something with you so i was like Say some soon as say as soon as someone says I want to try something with you, I'm game. Whatever it is, I'm game. I'm always 
really up for I believe you should do something at least once a week that scares you. Yes. Um, so yes. I went, I went to the gym and I followed his workout and I've never done a workout like that in my life, mate. Honestly, obviously he's a powerlifter too. Mm. So the way part the way us powerlifters now do our workouts is totally different to everyone else. Okay. We are constant on strength, weight, put that weight up, get more weight on the bar, go for it, go for it. Um, mm. And see the first day I'd done this, I was like, holy good God, I, re- I actually enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So I went back the next day and I went back the next day and I went back the next day and, and it's got me here. I'm what, six and a half stone lighter now than what I was and wow. uh, thir- third strongest powerlifter in Northern Ireland in the 120 plus category. So is that your weight? Is that, is that the weight? Is it weight categorized? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, it's all done in weight categories and the 120 plus category is the bigger fellas, right? And the mm-hmm. more weight you've got behind you, the more weight you can lift off the ground, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very privileged to be in that category the third strongest powerlifter in northern ireland in the 120 plus category the 120 plus i'm going to try and uh keep my third strongest title uh, in end of march mate i'm gonna go give that a shot and see um so i am i want to walk no my brother's just come in the door (laughs) oh okay 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 but carry on carry on he can wait all right okay no that's cool Right. So how often are you training then? I'm training six days a week. Six days a week. So six days and eating a week. Like, right. like mental. See, I saw, I saw my, you, like, I was thinking this, I think I saw this actually. You went to McDonald's to get yes. your calories in. And yes. I'm thinking, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's a See, good mate, thing. Too many like, people, once they start training and once they go on the diets and stuff, this is what I've learned over the last sort of nine, 10 months of being in the gym. I've, I, I talk to a lot of people, so I absorb a lot of information. Yeah. And no matter what you eat, as long as you're doing enough to burn those calories, you can eat whatever you want. No, surely if you eat good calories, you'll have more energy. Let me, let, let, let me give you this. McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. See their chicken wrap? Religiously, I get that all the time. Right. Anna McFlurry. Right, oh, come on. Get a chicken wrap and a McFlurry and an ice cream. <laughs> no, it I, I give you this. See that meal, mm. right? That comes to seven hundred and fifty calories. No, but it's still good. You're still putting it in because I'm burning one thousand eight hundred calories a day, if not more. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So my calorie intake should be a lot higher mm. than my calorie output, but I don't have a great relationship with food, so that's okay. one thing I'm really building on is my mm-hmm. relationship with food mm-hmm. and it's going really it's at the minute it's going really well i put my calories up there the other week chatting, sitting, uh, chatting to my coach and we're chatting about calories and all that there and he's like do you want to try maybe going up a wee bit and i was like yeah i'll give it a shot and my relationship with food is getting a lot better so it is like i'm experimenting more i run two air fryers at a time brilliant yeah i see some of your meals some of your meals look really really nice yeah what, what, what how do the competitions work is it just bench what can you bench? So in in powerlifting, there's three disciplines. So there is the squat, bench, and deadlift. Okay. So there is. So they're separate. Uh, they're they're all separate. So you get three attempts at each. Mm-hmm. So you do. So you've got your opener, your middle, and your finisher. And opener is usually nice, light, get yourself going. But mm-hmm. before that, you've already warmed up. Yeah. Your middle is whatever you did in your first. If it was all right, you put it up. 
Uh, and your finisher is just go hell for that. Do whatever. And you your can. best one counts. Your best one counts. Yeah. So are you are you third best in all three, like over over the overall three of them, yeah, or just so, one of them? So what they do is, I got one seventeen and a half on bench, one seventy two point five on squat, and two hundred and thirty on deadlift. All them are then added up. Mm. That's my overall score, and it's put onto the scoreboard. Okay. okay. So your highest lift in each discipline is is the lift that counts you got one minute on platform for each lift so you've okay. got to complete your lift within one minute okay no that's interesting that I, I wouldn't be able to give it a go i'm not that strong but it sounds interesting <laughs> maybe go you're a dj for it as well you've met like yeah, a lot of guys so I'm, the, I'm the voice of northern island powerlifting now uh which is incredibly insane because like i literally went to a competition my coach then introduced me to uh the guy who um is the manager of NIPF mm-hmm. and he uh, was saying, oh, Dylan's a DJ, radio presenter, blah, blah. And Ricky just turned around and goes, you're hard. And I was like, what? What? He says, I don't want to do the MC anymore. It's your job now. <laughs> um, and I was like, right, sweet, that's fine. So, you know what? See, with having that job, it makes mm. my time on platform a lot harder because everyone knows me. Yeah, I'm that guy that gives everyone out stick as they come up to the platform. But when it's my turn, <laughs> I've got to. I've just got to absorb all that and just be like, right. Do you get them stick on the microphone while they're doing yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the way it used to be, it used to be very formal. I, I, I can do professional and serious, right? I'm really <laughs> shit at professional and serious, right? Hmm. So I've managed to change it up a wee bit, and everyone loves it. So the day, yeah. I literally just have a laugh. I was the first ever person to introduce dance music to NIPF mm. uh, and play dance music at um now even though it was only for half an hour and then they asked me to turn the rock music back on but <laughs> we're getting there <laughs> what what age are most of them are they in their 30s 20s there was a young fella who was 16 15 15 and and he was left in uh, one of my most recent competitions um, right. and he was in the same category as me and he was a powerful lifter he was very 15. very good He's going to do a lot of, he's going to get a lot of big lifts. If he yeah. Going like. So they're mostly younger then, mostly in their 20s? It's mixed age. There's a, fella who's eight, there's a fella who's 80. Desi is the oldest powerlifter in Northern Ireland. and I love him. He's the cutest wee fella I've ever seen in my life. He goes up, he does it, and then he'll come back and he'll have a chat with you. And mm. he's also a ref. So he is. Okay. He's been in it a long so time. He refed, he refed me when I, when I was last on platform. He refed me. And I come off platform and he gave me a red. So there's the, the way the refs do it is red and white. You mm-hmm. get a white. If you get at least two whites, it's a good lift. If you mm-hmm. get two reds and one white, it's a bad lift. So it's a no okay. lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Desi gave, me, Desi gave me a no lift. Uh, but the other two refs gave me a, a good lift. So it yeah. counted. And I come off and I says to him, Desi, what, what did you give me the no lift for? And he goes, your feet come off the floor a wee bit. And I was like, only you would notice that. Because <laughs> he's been in the game for so long. For ages. He, he just looks. And do you know what? Trying to absorb all the information from him to make my performance on platforms so good. Mm-hmm. It also gives you a lot more life lessons too. Yeah, he's just full of information. And I urge anyone who's listening if you ever get the chance to talk to someone mm. and they're giving you advice, absorb everything, ask questions. 
because it's the most amazing thing if you get taught something every day you should learn something new anyway yeah. but absorb information and see the question why or how always ask them in a sentence always i feel like i, I know the answer to this question but is he on social media the 80 year old guy because i'd be interested to see him does he i yeah. don't know i i don't know let, let me have okay, a look. i doubt it but i'm trying to imagine a really ripped 80 year old <laughs> i definitely give it a give up like i'm struggling i'm 30 this year and i've given up i've given up i've almost get not given up but like going to the gym is harder i can't imagine what it's like when you're 80 I, i'll try get a photo and send it to you, so you yeah no that'd be he's, great he's, he's the most cutest wee man ever brilliant <laughs> i'm sure he loves you saying that i <laughs> I, introduced I introduced him to platform one time as the only person in, in northern ireland powerlifting with a free bus pass it's <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about meeting Gokwan. What was oh he like? Oh my God. Gokwan. He is yeah. fabulous. He is brilliant. Yeah. So he is. Uh, <laughs> Gokwan. I always, I was, I was nervous at the start, you know. Um, I always get nervous when I support big acts. And uh, Gok was different because it was a pride event. So pride events for me usually go smooth. I've worked mm. with a lot of drag queens. I work with everyone and everyone knows me or knows off me. So yeah. we're good. But that day I was supporting Gokwan. It was like, this is weird. I- I'm nervous. So I am. I'm really nervous. And Gok came into the DJ box and I was, he said, the first thing he says to me is, hi, I'm Gok. Mm, I'm like, like well, you know, <laughs> never have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> and he go, he says to me, hi, um, do you smoke? And I was like, yes, mate. He goes, there's some cigarettes for us. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, amazing. So imme- you- imme- immediately I was like, you know what? He's going to be dead on. Are you a fashion guy? Would you be into your fashion? No, man. I had no, three, neither would I. I had three changes of clothes <laughs> before day, the just night. Because, <laughs> just, be- just before Gogwan got into the DJ <laughs> box. And do you know what I resulted to whenever what? I come off stage? The worst option. Because <laughs> it, uh, it was outside and I was roasting because I was on stage all day. And I, need, I needed to change anyway. I resulted to a pair of sweatshorts and a hoodie. Nah. <laughs> and I just sat sat in the lounge and I was like, there we go. And I, I did get a wee look from Gok being like, right, okay, it's different. <laughs> I think that's the best thing, right? So I, I went to quite like a posh school, right? And it was always so hard to compete fashion-wise. They always went out and got the latest you know, brands and everything. So I just gave up. I, I wear sweats and everything. Like, if you're up against God, totally get it. Like, you're not going to win. Yeah. No matter what yeah. you do, you're not going to win. So by not trying to win, you won, I think, if that yeah. makes sense. Because no, you weren't I trying. Always, yeah, no, no. Like, I mean, he was dead on. Uh, he was nice. And yeah, he bought me a, he bought me a bottle of vodka. So he nice. did, didn't just nice. buy me the drink. He bought me Hope the bottle. it was Grey Goose. <laughs> no, do you know what? I don't drink Grey Goose. It's always uh, absolute. Yeah, your ta- your tattoos actually do they mean anything? Have hope. That's cool. And do you know what hope stands for? No. Hold on, pain ends. Does it? Oh, see, my tattoos. Not never. No one's ever asked me about my tattoos. Mm-hmm. I love I love telling the story about my tattoos. All my tattoos are a symbol of self harm. I got I started getting tattoos because I needed to redirect pain from my head. Mm-hmm. so the only way i could do that was and i didn't want to i didn't want to cut myself um mm-hmm. so i didn't so i was like i'm a creative guy i felt like 
doing it in a creative way it yeah. worked and it helped me and it's a sign every day that i have hope uh but there's ones up my arm and stuff dedicated to that that there one up there mm-hmm. yeah um, that's dedicated to my stepdad obviously mm-hmm. we've got the ret- the retro microphone because he was the one that suggested that i went into radio yeah uh, and the clock that clock set to the time he uh, passed away um wow. but like i mean there's there's lots of tattoos all mean something different in uh, at a different time in my life like that have yeah. hope one that i've got on my fingers mm-hmm. um that was a day that i didn't think i would i had any hope so yeah. i went and got have hope put tattooed onto me and i always have hope now you know i, I have that's got no amazing. choice but to sit and look at it most days <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing yeah no i, I thought from from knowing you a wee bit that then they might mean something that's really cool oh, really yep, really they cool all, they all have a meaning and they all have a purpose i'm one of these ones like don't don't get me wrong i i understand why some people would go get a lion tattooed onto them or or a rose or or, or something completely in my opinion insane um but i've got to have a meaning behind every reason and i'll tell you that story this this here one mm-hmm. this, the chinese numerals okay <laughs> funny story, what does that mean funny story, <laughs> funny story behind this one uh we, i got that friday the 13th uh it, it's supposed to mean unlucky because uh-huh. at, the, at the time i was feeling really unlucky things just weren't going right two years pass and i still believe that this means unlucky mm-hmm. um it kind of does in a way Mm. I got off the cruise ship and went instead in Scotland for a week with my cousin. And we were in a lift in the shopping center and there's a Chinese guy come in. And I, I, you know what? I didn't even clock on that he would have read my tattoo. So he read my tattoo and uh, <laughs> he says to me, excuse me, sir. And I was like, hello. He says, uh, can I ask your tattoo? I was like, yes, mate. He says, why have you got back tattooed onto you? <laughs> I was like, what do you oh, mean? No. He goes, he goes, like like your back. And uh I was like, Oh, that's what that means then. He goes, Yeah, yeah. he says, Why? I was like, it's supposed to mean unlucky. And he goes, Oh, right, okay. It doesn't <laughs> mean unlucky. And in a way, it does mean unlucky because yeah, it's unlucky yeah, I get that it. I don't have unlucky tattooed onto me. That's what I was gonna I've say. Back. So weird. You should have got so, you know by what? a Chinese I'm, person. I'm really, I'm really cautious when I go into like a Chinese restaurant or something. If I put one hand on top of the other, just so that none of them, none of them read my hand in case they're like, uh, back. What, what does he have back on for? I almost want to try and find out who did the tattoo. No, I'll, I'll say nothing. I'll say, <laughs> I trust my tattoos sometimes a bit too much. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna end this with that YouTube documentary you did. That guy Mickey. It was such a nice guy. It was wasn't Mickey from oh, Tammy. Mickey. Yeah, Mickey Mick, from Tammy. Yeah, brilliant. I love. Whenever he said, "You were like, I'll do anything to pay you back," and he was like, "You did pay me back. You're better now," and you could tell he really meant it. Like that was yeah. so yeah. nice. Such a lovely no, that, place. It just that, seems. With you saying that, I, I just got a shimmer of goosebumps I can't coming up. I uh, I met Mick when I was going through a really hard time with addiction. Yeah. <clears throat> so I did. And Mickey was one of these people that helped me centralize. So he did. And he helped me like work things out and yeah. basically put me on back on the straight and narrow. And then when he heard about my suicide attempt, he was straight onto the phone, to my mm-hmm. phone. And at that time, my brother was dealing with my phone because I was mm-hmm. just lying in bed, just didn't want to speak to anyone. Yeah. Um, and my brother answered the phone call. And he was, my brother was on the phone with Mickey for about 
30 minutes mm-hmm. and Mickey was giving him advice on how to help me. Incredible. I mean, you couldn't, you, you couldn't get a better, a better guy that would help you. Um, yeah. Obviously, I had a lot of help from everyone, but mm-hmm. Mick was one of these people that he's extremely humble. He never asked for anything in return, but uh, I always like to do what I can, especially for the Tammy charity, because those guys are incredible. Yeah, so they no, are you, absolutely you can tell. incredible. You can tell so much from like tone and body language and stuff, and just the, just the way he said it, you could just tell he meant it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I know I've said last thing about a million times, but this yeah. is it. No is there away. a is there a song you'd like to play out? See, people think with me wow. being a DJ, I love <laughs> no screw that. <laughs> I'll report. I'll report the podcast of what is in the back. <laughs> uh, with being a DJ, people think that. I, I love listening to dance music, dance music my life. Mate, mm-hmm. honestly, dance music is work. It, see, see I've, got, I've got a playlist on my phone that I made, right? And do you know what it's called? It's, it's literally called, it's okay to have a gun. Okay, cool. I really like listening to sad music sometimes. It makes you feel better when you are sad, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I mean, all-time favorite artist probably likes the Foy Vance and Ryan McMullen and like Luke Combs and stuff. You can get a lot of you get a lot of broad aspect from that there. And whenever mm-hmm. I tell uh, club promoters and stuff that I like listening to all that, they're like, "What are you gonna be like then?" And then they come <laughs> in, they come into the club, and I'm playing all the dance music. And I'm like, "Wow, you told me what music That's you okay. like." And then you come into the club and you play this stuff. I don't, don't get me wrong. I love dance music. I love yeah. I love finding really weird remixes of mm-hmm. songs that probably shouldn't be remixed but when they're remixed they sound incredible yeah um so i do and i i remember one time i was playing and i dropped whitney houston and i will always love you right the original and the place went nuts it was Mm -hmm. just incredible see having that moment i think back in the days they used to call that the erection section of the night was that Uh, the last tune no 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 that was a part of the night where they just played still love songs oh really right this is this used to, this is back in the days well way before me i remember yeah. chatting to my to my boss at the ice pool uh, when he used to be dj dj in clubs and stuff and they used to have a dedicated hour of just love songs and i'm like is that like the slow dance songs at school discos basically that's probably yes. why it's called yes. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. slow dance okay. yeah um so i love slow songs and i love if i can if i read the crowd enough and i feel that they're gonna they're gonna dig it I, I I'd go and I'd take the risk again. I take the risk and if it doesn't work, I just mix myself out of it and be fine. But uh, do you know what? I, I, I play Boy Vance and time stands still. Speaking to yourself soon.